TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's the Score North Twin Show. And welcome into the Score North Twin Show. As always, Judd Volga, Jake DePew. We are recording this on Thursday. And full disclosure, we're actually recording this during uh, Game 4 of the Twins-White Sox series in Chicago. Uh, so that will that could enter the mix of the conversation. Uh, but Jake, I want to start with this one. I'm troubled, and this is not this guy's fault. In fact, I feel empathy for him. The struggles of, of Jake Odorizzi, not to pitch, but to be able to pitch, continue now what he, he was on the um, IL with an injury to start the season. Okay, then he came back and three starts in, all of which were against the Royals. He got hit by a line drive bruised a rib, I believe, or bruised ribs, went back on the IL at that point, came off last night, which would have been Wednesday night, to pitch against the White Sox, pitched very well, and then got a couple things here. One is, and it's all gross, one is he had bleeding around a fingernail, which he said is normal, happens all the time during spring training, and ordinarily calluses up. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the problem, and this happened, I believe, when he was facing uh, Mankata in the fourth, which is he had some type of blister problem on the middle finger of his pitching hand, and it burst and basically created what is a really bad, according to Jake, paper cut that he couldn't pitch through. But one, I don't see how he takes his next start if that problem persists, and it's probably going to take a while to heal. And two... As we draw closer to the playoffs and the potential for a Jake to be impacted by all the things that have gone wrong, I do get concerned, not about the first round, but if you can get past the first round, I get more and more concerned about his availability in the playoffs. Because I think if you go into the uh, division series, which, by the way, could be five games in five days, and the ALCS could be seven games in seven days, and you tell me that Odo can't pitch, my confidence in what the Twins can do goes from pretty decent i think to oh boy this could take more work yep so there's no question that he is really valuable pitching depth uh he's probably their fourth starter uh right now after maeda brios and pineda uh and if he's not available it it hurts you're right i mean and and it does hurt in the first round a little bit i agree with you it doesn't have that big of an impact on the first round because he's not going to start but you figured he was going to pitch in that series um and when guys get these blister issues and these and these cuts, you know, you think it's so minor, like it's a blister, man. Come on, play through it. But like <laughs> that's not how it works with pitching. Like if you have an you know an open cut on your finger, you 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 can't pitch. Um, and it's just man, what a lost season for him. Sucks for him going into free agency. Uh, to essentially, I mean, he's barely what does he pitch like 10, 11 innings total all year? Maybe yeah. maybe it's a little more than that, not much. Um, so it sucks for him. Uh, but this hurts the twins. It it really does. He's he looked good last night too. That's the thing. I thought he looked good. Uh, I thought that fastball was was riding up in the zone. That's what he's great at. Is is that high fastball that um, hitters swing under? Uh, his velo looked good. It was right right at about ninety four, which is where he's usually at. Um, and I think in that first round series, he'd be a really valuable reliever, a guy that maybe you could handcuff to somebody or or bring in for just an inning where he can really air it out, and maybe get up to ninety five, ninety six with that fastball. Uh, but I, but yeah, you're right. It's it's the division series where you play five games in five days, and potentially the ALCS if they, if they get that far, where his loss uh, would really hurt you because there are no off days. Um, so you know he 
he sat he said after the game that he'll be back for the playoffs or he hopes to be back. But you know, he's barely pitched. Uh, he's not going to have any sort of ramp up or experience. You know, I don't even know if he can throw with this thing right now. So I just I'm not sure how much he can give you. And it's just too bad because uh, he's a valuable player. He's an important player. He was their second best starter last year, arguably their best. Um, and you know. I think what you're going to get from him in the playoffs is probably limited now. So uh, not good news for the Twins. Hey, uh, speaking of the playoff schedule as well, Jake, with, as we talked about, five games in five days in the division series and then potentially um, seven games in seven days in the championship series, and the World Series will have the two baked-in off days still. What are your thoughts about the Twins and their pitching both starting and relieving now based on that? And and how much different do you think that Rocco and the boys are going to have to think? Uh, because that's a lot of baseball in in a short time. And I mean, the Twins have been since the day that Baldelli got the job, basically so big on the whole rest and recovery thing. And uh, f- five games in five days to win a series, and, and then potentially seven games in seven days to get to the World Series does not really. Um, a ring of uh, rest and recovery. It rings of you're going to have to use guys way more than you want, and they're going to have to come up big if you're going to achieve your ultimate goal. Yeah, so I would say even if there were the baked-in off days, if you're not – well, either way, if they're not starting their best players in every single game, uh, then then that's not a good way to approach the playoffs. You know, there should be no rest and recovery in the playoffs other than maybe for catchers. You know, maybe – you have to give, if Garver's the starter or Jeffers, you have to give them an extra day off um, more than you normally would with, with a, a normal schedule. But you've got to be playing your best guys, man. I mean, you know, there's no rest and recovery in, in, in the playoffs. This, but I'm thinking pitching-wise. Like, I'm thinking stretching well, pitchers big time. So, so this is where I actually think the Twins have a, a, a significant advantage because their pitching depth is is really their strong point, right? Like, they don't have a true ace. I mean, Maeda's pitched like an ace this year, for sure. His career numbers suggest he's more like a two or a three. Uh, they don't have that Garrett Cole or Shane Bieber type, and, and that's going to hurt them in round one. But if they can get past round one, I think it really helps them because you've got Maeda, Pineda, Barrios. If Odorizzi can come back, you've got him. Uh, you've got – I know Dobnik has, has been really bad and got sent down, but you potentially – I know, boy, that was a, that was it's been a tough fall for for Dobnik, man. Um, and maybe Homer Bailey gives you something, and you've got Rich Hill. I mean, you you've got so many starters that are quality starters. I don't know if Rich Hill is your five. Like, I don't know that any team in the league has a better five than Rich Hill. Or if you want to say Odorizzi, if he's back to health, is your five? Like nobody. That's incredible depth. And so, and I think that their bullpen stretches seven or eight deep with guys that you legitimately feel comfortable with, you know, Matt Whistler has really ascended um, and become one of those guys. So I actually think that that schedule benefits the twins Um, and they have their catching situation. You know, it's not like their catcher is a superstar, right? Like even if Mitch Garver's back, you know, he's not a guy that if you don't have him in the lineup, your lineup is just totally, uh, you know, a, a totally different looking lineup. Like you can switch him with Jeffers and not really lose that much. I think. So, you know, whereas with some teams, um, like, yeah, I'm thinking like St. Louis and Yadier Molina, you need him in the lineup every day because of what he does offensively and defensively. With the Twins, you can mix it up more. So I actually feel like the depth of their pitching um, 
matches up really well with that playoff series after the first round. Uh, but in the first sure. round, I love my Aiden. He's been great. Um, but, you know, he's not that super – well, I mean, he's been dominant this year, but he's not, okay. the, he's not Shane Bieber or, or Garrett Cole, right? Um, so, yeah. so I like it. I, I think it's an advantage for the Twins if they can get past the first round. My question is, is this. If they get past the first round, a guy like Duffy, how is he used? Um, because, because yes, I agree. You don't want to tax him. The more you tax him, the more ineffective he is likely going to be. I get that. So I get the thinking that the twins have with a guy like Tyler Duffy. That being said, if I am in a, um, division series, that's going to be done in five days and I need to win three games. I also can't go down with that bullet sitting in my bullpen consistently. Uh, so this is all, this is the one thing about this year that I love and the answers are coming slowly, but surely, and they're not always what I expected, but the thing about this year from the twin standpoint that I find so intriguing is this is absolutely positively taxing Rocco to the limit of what he is willing to do. Right. And and like, and there have been games where I've been surprised because he's been like, I ain't playing this guy and I don't care that, that it's basically going to, to cause us to lose this game. He's not going to play, but man, these playoffs potentially, are going to be so much fun to watch because they are going to take take the younger sect, I think, of baseball people who uh, philosophically have a much different viewpoint of how the game should be played and how players should be rested and the approach. It's going to take them and really challenge them because, I mean, we're talking about blowing through a lot of championship, absolute key baseball games in a short time. So if you're Baldelli and it's um, game four, and Duffy pitched in game three, and you need a couple big outs, I think you got to pitch him. Absolutely. Uh, and I think he will. But what's funny about it, uh, Jake, is I'm not absolutely positive yet because all of this uh, goes so against how baseball ordinarily operates and how a guy like Rocco ordinarily likes to operate. And, and here's why you really can't be sure of it. Because we were sure last year that he was going to pitch his top arms in the playoffs no matter what, right? And he didn't. I mean, he, he, I know that's why I said that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And it was just so baffling. And uh, I, I'm with you. I think this really, really challenges Rocco's whole baseball mindset. I think Rocco's a brilliant guy um, who's a great manager in a 162 game season. But this whole season has really, I think, been a strain on him because of exactly what you said. It, it goes against his thinking, which is that baseball's a marathon and you should always take the long view. And even in an ALDS, he was sort of taking the long view last year. And it's like, this is a sprint. The, the regular season's been a sprint, and the playoffs are going to be a sprint in terms of these, uh, these back-to-back days. Um, so I – and Jose Abreu just went deep and uh, sat at one, a little play-by-play here. Um, but uh, if Rocco doesn't use his top arms, even when they're fatigued, then I think it's a mistake. You know, I mean, if Tyler Duffy comes to him and says – I can't play today. That's one thing. Right. But, if, but that's what I thought last night was really interesting where he used Duffy for two innings because he hasn't done that all year. And what that tells me is that they're trying to get him stretched out for multi-inning yes. appearances. Agreed. I don't think we're going to see Duffy again until maybe Sunday. Um, and then I think maybe you could see him pitch another two innings. Mm-hmm. So I think they're starting this sort of playoff ramp up now where I wouldn't be surprised if we see several of these top relievers going multiple innings to try to get them ramped up and ready. Um, 
But as far as your, I mean, we've talked about this all season on the podcast. I just find they it have, so intriguing. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating because because of of how Rocco sees the game. Um, he's going to be really challenged in this, and uh, you know that first round series in particular. You don't pitch anybody except your top seven or eight arms. You know, I mean, unless you yeah. ha- have a, a ten run lead in, in the ninth inning, you know, you only stick with those top bullpen guys and your top two or three um, starters. And it just, yeah, he doesn't see it that way. And until we see it. I'm not going to fully believe it because if if you're not going to do it in the ALDS at Yankee Stadium, yes, I don't know when you are. Yes, and and look, over the course of a 162 game season, I totally get not putting the premium on, on all games. Yes, it's too long. It's it's too much. I get all that. Uh, but when you didn't to what you just said, and this to me is, is the key point, and why why we can't assume things when you did not put a premium on game one of the division series in New York. Like when you didn't say, I am going to do whatever I can humanly possible to win this game. And, and you had a lead at one point like that. You could have won that game. Oh, yeah. um, and he handled it like it was game one forty-two, And that's when I said, that's really weird. So yeah, I I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, Rocco learned from that and I do think that he's a smart guy and I do think he's adaptable so my guess is he did but I need to see it now um and there, there there's just I mean these playoffs are going to be so quick and done so fast that there is going to be no time to get cute like there's going to be no time to be like you know what I'm going to do today this is all about what can we do to win every single game and look too the other important thing is this team has lost, as we've talked about on this podcast a lot, 16 consecutive postseason games, all right? You, you need to end that streak in game one just yeah. for yourself. Like before we talk about a World Series or a playoff run, right, Jake? Before yeah. we get to any of that crap, which is all important, and this is a good team, uh, but before we delve into can they make the World Series, can they win the division series, can they beat the Yankees, which we'll get to in one second. But before we get to any of that, there is one incredibly important thing. Best of three, so it's going to be done very, very quick. Um, you need to win game one. I mean, you need to get that game. And, and the first, your, if you are Rocco, and again, it's going to fly in the face of his beliefs because what Rocco believes is not what Judd believes, but you need to get game one to end that losing streak to make it abundantly clear to everyone on your team that this is a different franchise now. Yes, and and the counter argument to that to that whole narrative of they've lost sixteen playoff games in a row or whatever is like the current group hasn't been a part of most of that, um, and I want to get to that when we talk about the Yankees. But that streak, they are all aware of it, and yes. the media is going to talk about it and ask them questions about it, and they can say it's not it, that has nothing to do with the two thousand twenty team and say all the right things. You're aware of that as a player. You you know that history. Uh, and you know if they play the Yankees, and we'll we'll get to the Yankees, you, you know that history as well. Um, if they lose game one, there is so much pressure on them just exactly. to win a game. Exactly. Because this is, a, this is a record. This isn't just a baseball record. I believe they have the – at least are tied for the all-time record. With the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. Of the 1970s. Sport. North America, Jake. Exactly. Exactly. And hockey – well, hockey with puck luck, you would know this much better than I would, but um, – uh, 
but bat, but like so like hockey i can see having a losing streak like that more easily like baseball is goes so against like having these long losing streaks because there's yeah. there's a lot of luck involved and that's what makes it so extraordinary like if if it if a team made the playoffs four years in a row in the NBA as a seven seed or an eight seed and got swept all four years by a juggernaut, then you say, okay, you know, they had a 16 game losing streak. That's not great, but the other team was clearly superior. And in basketball, the, the better team almost, you know, most of the time wins. Mm-hmm. In baseball, it's just not like that. I really think you could take a AAA team and play them against MLB playoff teams. And if they played 16 games, they would win once. I really believe that they would win once. They would get some lucky bounces. Somebody would go deep, uh, and they would win one out of sixteen. And so, like, this is an extraordinary streak. That it has to end. Win. It has to. End. It's the most important thing. You have to end it. You have to end it for perception's sake. Um, and, and so, we talked about what you just said too last year on our show, which was Nelson Cruz didn't lose fifth, you know, thirteen games or twelve games at the time. These guys don't care. And I bought into it. And then I covered the series. And I'm going to tell you right now, human beings are human beings. Do you know what almost every conversation during the open clubhouse period in Yankee Stadium in in the visitor's clubhouse was about before that series started? That losing streak. Everyone in the media was hammering it home. How do you end it? How do you feel? And the players tried to say exactly what we said, which is we didn't start this and we weren't around for most of it. But guess what the overwhelming feeling in that clubhouse became? Oh my God, we have to end this losing streak, right? Yeah. Like, like this is, I know we want to think of, of especially probably professional athletes as robots and you know, they don't, they tune it all out. Nelson Cruz, he tunes it all out and blah, blah, blah. And maybe, maybe if you guys can, but I just remember being in that clubhouse before the series started in the, the division series at Yankee Stadium last year. And, I mean, it wasn't just sort of a question. It was a question to everybody. And it was the, and, and going into that series, it was the overriding storyline. There's no way to tune that out, which is why it has to end. Um, but but I, think, I think Twins fans and Common Sense want to say, the majority of these guys don't care about that. And they don't until they get to the series and they're asked about it constantly. And then they're like, oh my God, we are, we are sort of in a weird roundabout way, part of this. So Donaldson ultimately probably does not care, but I, I guarantee you if I beat him over the head, which the press will about this streak, it's in his mind. Like it can't be like, oh, he, he is not thinking. No, no. By the time that series started in Yankee Stadium last October, it was in everyone on the Twins' mind that they were part of a team that had lost an incredible amount of games and then proceeded to drop three more. And that's, that's just a fact. And, and it's the last part of what you just said that I want to hit on because not only is that narrative out there and they are thinking about it and talking about it even if they're saying the right things in the media, but, but this team now, this 2020 team, the core of that team, the core of this team was around in 2017 when they lost the one-game playoff in Yankee Stadium after taking a 3-0 lead. Rosario, Buxton, Kepler, Polanco, uh, Sano was on that team, Duffy, Rogers. So those guys were around, some of them, in 2017, and almost all of them were around in 2019 when they got swept again and looked totally overwhelmed uh, you know, after playing the Yankees tough during the regular season. So it's not just 
this streak is is c- continues to go on and puts pressure on them that way. It's also we've been through this before. We've lost these big games, and if you fall behind two nothing or three nothing, it's a feeling of here we go again, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't been able to come through because this this now involves them. This whole idea of yes. this was teams in the past that has nothing to do with us. Not anymore because a lot of these guys have lost four straight without you know obviously winning a game, and almost all of them got swept in that Yankees series last right. year. So they're part of this now. They're part of the narrative. Um, and there's going to be pressure. There's going to be pressure that comes with that. Right. And, and I, I think that we perceive things as far as our environment here in, in Minnesota, which is, well, there's really not that much pressure. And, you know, there, there's, there's the newspapers and radio stations, but it's not that much. But being a guy in Boston, you know firsthand that if you play for the Twins, and, and especially on the East Coast, and the national media descends on you... Jed, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Yeah. Byron Buxton just went deep with a mammoth home run, uh, his second of the day. Fourth and uh, three days, is that right? I believe that's right. In- Inside the park, home run on Wednesday night, two home runs on Thursday. This guy's just unbelievable. And he, and he, and he should have had an inside-the-park home yes. run on Tuesday yes. if... That ground, if that stupid ground rule, I don't. That was just incredible. But my point being is, my point being is, don't think of this from a small market thing. Think of this as the media driving home the point that you guys stink. You lose all these playoff games, um, and players eventually become susceptible to exactly that. All right, let's get to it. Right now, the New York Yankees are surging. They are absolutely surging. As we record this, the Twins are in second place in the AL Central, which means they hold the four, and they hold because of their win percentage, the fourth seed in the American League. The Yankees are in second place in the American League East. They hold because of win percentage, and they are going great guns right now, but right now they are fifth. That sets up a 4-5 Twins-Yankees matchup at Target Field. Phil Mackey and Dick Bramer say, bring them on. I want the Yankees. I told Phil today that eventually I think you probably have to go through the Bronx Bombers. Um, I have no interest in doing it in a short series with that pitching. Where do you stand on the potential for, I can't believe it's going to potentially happen, but it can, another twin Yankee series? Okay, so bear with me for a second here, Judd. I'm mm-hmm. going to go on a little bit of a rant. Um, people are going to hate this take, okay. but I don't want – any part, any part of the Yankees in the first round. And there are three levels to this. There's the 13-game losing streak to the Yankees that, as we just talked about, this current group is a part of, right? But, but mostly that's a historical thing. 13-game losing streak and the fact that they haven't won a single regular season series, season series against the Yankees since 2001! 2001! Wow. So... There, there are two decades of futility against the Yankees at play here. That plays into the narrative. Now, you take it down a level, like I was just talking about. This group, the core young guys in 2017, and Barrios is in that group as well, um, and then most of the guys from last year, they were a part of this as well. So they're, they're part of the narrative, and they didn't handle the Yankees well. I mean, they, they, that series was a blowout in 2019. and the wild Including game, Rocco, by the way. Yes. And the wild card game in 2017 uh, was also a blowout. After they took a 3-0 lead, they just completely imploded and lost, I believe, 8-4. Mm-hmm. They also 
you know, this current group hasn't won a, a season series against the Yankees. So they haven't, you know, I know they had that great series at Target Field that they ultimately lost two out of three, uh, but they haven't played particularly well um, against the Yankees in this stretch. So for those reasons, I wouldn't want to play the Yankees if I'm the Twins. Now, let's take it down one notch further. 2020, forget all of that. Forget all of the history, everything. This Yankees team is not a five seed. They're not even close to a five seed. The only reason they're in the position that they are is because Judge and Stanton and Urshela have been hurt most of the year. Aureldis Chapman's been hurt most of the year, or a lot of the year, missed a lot of it with COVID. That's why they're a five. Guess what? They have all of those guys back. They scored 20 on the Blue Jays, who are also a playoff team the other night. I think they scored, what, 15 or, or around 15 last night. This team is the best team in the American League. They have their entire lineup now healthy. They have Garrett Cole, probably the pitcher you most want on the mound in game one of a three-game series, starting game one, followed by Tanaka, who's a very good pitcher in game two. So even if you say all of that other stuff is BS and it's just media-driven narrative, and, and I understand that argument. I don't totally buy it, but I understand it. Even if you say all that is out the window, just look at the 2020 team. This is the best team in the American League. And I think the Twins might be the second best right now. You see, the Twins are Chicago because Tampa Bay is not playing well. Oakland's not playing well and lost Chapman. So just from a basic logic perspective, if you're the second best team in the American League, why would you want to play the best team in the first round? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like no, no. You want them on the other side of the bracket, and you want to hope that some team like Cleveland pitches you know, out of their mind and somehow knocks them out, and you don't have to play them. Because the goal is not beating the Yankees. Yes, it would be amazing to get over that hump and beat the Yankees. It would feel great. It would give a release to Twins fans that they've needed for t- almost 20 years now. But that's not the goal. The goal is to win the World Series. You want to win the World Series, you want the easiest path possible. Sure. Easiest path possible is to have the Yankees as far away from you as you can in that bracket and play somebody like the A's or the Rays or the Blue Jays first round. So, no, you can call me a coward, uh, as Mackie did on Twitter, he said yeah. he called. Who would call you a coward for that? Yeah, he tried to yeah. call, call yeah. me a coward today too. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You can call me a coward. I, I can take that. I, I, it's a cowardly view, sure, but it's also in my mind a realistic view. You've got this narrative; it's hanging over you. That's going to put pressure on you. And the Yankees are just a damn good team. They're really damn good. No, I do not want to. No, no, I, don't play the. You don't want the Yankees. You well, what the, I told. Phil was was I understand that they're playing so well that you might have to try and go through them okay so I'm not saying that you're not going to have to play them but my description to Phil was you don't go to a restaurant and get the filet mignon for the appetizer you get something solid you get something good it's enjoyable but it's not the main course and the Yankees are the main course I would say this, first round, again, keep in mind, two or three, okay? Two or three. So you're telling me that you want to try and get through, to your example, Cole and Tanaka? Like, to me, you're probably going to lose both those games. So now your season's done. The other thing is, from a mental standpoint, the most important thing this team can do in trying to make a playoff run, which could include a division series or the ALCS against the Yankees, the most important thing 
in my opinion, that they can do is end that damn losing streak, okay? Right. I don't want to try to do that against Garrett Cole. And now I'm at 17? And now I'm mind bleeped. So, so if... And now if, you've used Maeda. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all of that, I want to go to the restaurant. I want a quality app, but it's not the main course. Then if I have to get the main course, I have to, okay? But the whole notion of bring them on in the first round, and and here's what else scares me, or should scare should scare fans too. And I, I think you pointed this out either to me on Twitter or um, as we were texting back and forth a couple nights ago. The Yankees are so hot that they there is a possibility they could pass you oh, yeah? and be the four, and you're the five. Now, now here's something else that 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 going into the year I did not account for. But if you look at how the Twins have done at Target Field versus the road it's not close and i think most folks are like but there's no fans who who cares like okay yankee stadium is empty target field empty here's what i didn't think about though and it's important and this again is why is why if it if it does flip and go four yankees five twins it's a disaster the key to the twin success at home had nothing has nothing to do with lack of fans or fans it has to do with the fact that these guys, when they go on the road now, are basically told, stay in your hotel room, get room service, and don't move. They're miserable. And it shows sometimes, right? At home, they go home. They're in their beds. Their life, are, their life I think, is pretty normal. So, like, this whole invitation that in some – because if you play the Yankees and they remain as hot as they are now and you fall to the five seed, Good luck. So, like, there's no way I can torture this into saying I not only want the Twins' losing streak to end, I want it to end against the team that is largely responsible for it existing. I can't do it. I just can't. Give me somebody else in that first round. I got a good chance. Okay. And then what comes, comes. And if, if you know, we, we go, if the Twins go to Petco Park, Dodger Stadium, in a bubble, everyone's uncomfortable. The Yankees are uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable. That's fine. But I cannot torture this into I want everything right now, which is I want a playoff series win. I want the losing streak to end. And I'm going to slay the dragon. I can't do it. I can't come. I can't get my head around that making sense. Ideal? Absolutely ideal. Realistic? I think it's absolutely not. And, and here's the thing. Garrett Cole, right? Garrett Cole's an elite pitcher. If you, if you face him in the ALDS, he can probably only pitch once with no off days. Or maybe he can pitch in game five on short rest when he's presumably not quite the same pitcher. That's a huge advantage to you that you only have to face him once in a five-game series or twice in a seven-game series um, as opposed to once in a three-game series, right? He just has a much greater impact in a three-game series. You know, he can yes. win you. He can win the Yankees 50% of the games they need to win. In the ALDS, it, it, he's not going to have that same impact. Yes. So, so that, that's another factor. Um, as far as the Yankees passing the Twins, I don't think people realize how close this is. The Yankees are two back, two back of the Twins, and they're virtually guaranteed the tiebreaker because if they make up those two games, they'll have a, almost for sure have a better divisional record than the Twins. And that's the, the tiebreaker when you're, uh, if there's no head-to-head. So 
if, if they make up two games, and right now it doesn't look like they're losing many more games the rest of the year, this series will be at Yankees Stadium. And, you know, that short porch and right is so ideal for those Yankees hitters. Um, you know, and it's just, it would be a nightmare matchup. And yes, the no fans might help, but like, you don't Not enough. Wanna... No, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on this. I, I just, I get it. Like, br- bring them on. Like, that's, that's the, like, that, the testosterone, you know, fueled view. And I totally get that. But like, again, you throw out all of the narrative, throw out all of that, and just look at the matchups. There, you know, there's a reason that the one and two seed don't play each other in the first round right. of any league's playoffs, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't have the best teams play each other first. This is what that would be. I really believe the Twins are, are maybe the second best team in the American League. Like, you don't want to you don't want to play the best team in the first round at their potentially at their park. Like, why would you want that? Now, if they go into the Yankee Stadium, or even if they beat them at Target Field, I will come back and say I was completely wrong. It would feel great, you know, like if they get the monkey off their back and then I, I would think like they would have so much momentum going, going forward. And I'll, I'll admit that I was wrong about this. But like looking at it right now, I just, no, like I, I would want to play anybody else and, and, and have, you know, an environment where you're not facing this, this uh, you know, just juggernaut team that has completely owned you at a level that I've never really seen in professional sports. Because it really doesn't happen much. I mean, over two decades. So here's what you want, Jake. Here's what you want. I, I just looked up. The Rays have lost five of eight. Yep. yep. You want them to go into a super slide and allow the Yankees to pass them. So I've thought about that. So the Yankees are three back of the Rays, but the Rays have the tiebreaker. So the Yankees have to make up four on the Rays and what they have. Super. Ten. I said super slide. Yeah. Yeah, like so you just could, want them to collapse. It, it could happen. It could happen. Uh, well, they've had it, enough guys out. What what was, was the last thing I saw? Something like ten pitchers on the IL. Yeah, yeah they they. I don't know how they. I don't know how they've done it to be honest. That's but I'm just saying. So if they completely went in the tank and fell out of first place in the East, I think you'd say, "Oh, that's too bad." But it makes sense. The Yankees pass them. Your troubles are done for a while. I would put the Twins as the favorite over the Rays over the A's, over the Blue Jays, over the Astros, over the Indians, uh, probably over the White Sox. Uh, like, this is a, a really damn good team. First round, do first, not round, like first round at Target Field, I think the only team that truly would scare you, the Yankees. Yeah. Like I, that I, first round, I, it, with, with the Twins being a good team and playing as well as they have at Target Field throughout the course of the season, I think the Yankees are the only team that I would say, uh-uh, I don't want to do that. I think everybody else coming here wouldn't scare me. Yeah. I, I, like the White Sox for sure here would not scare me. No. They're good, I, I, but they wouldn't scare me here. The, no. The Twins, are, the, the Twins are a more well-rounded team, and if they have home field advantage, I, I, I would love that matchup. I would like that matchup in a bubble too. I really, I really I, I keep repeating myself. I think the Twins are the second-best team in the American League. I just think the Yankees are better. Um, and I don't know why we can't just admit that. Like, what? We have trouble admitting that. <laughs> we mean, have trouble like, admitting that. We have trouble just acknowledging. That, well, and, and look, look, you, don't, you just don't want them in a best two of three. You just don't. Like, there's no way to torture that. Division series three of five, I don't love, but I take it. LCS, four of seven, 
for sure. Because now, because now, at least if I'm playing well, and by the way, if I get to that point, I'm playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but by that point in time, now I'm well into the Yankees rotation, which I feel good about. Mm-hmm. But if you're just without telling me that I have to beat Cole and Tanaka, not, 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 or not, not, yeah, you know, just, I mean, if they beat you back to back, you're done. No way. But yeah, I, I just think that the way that the playoff system lines up, if you can get any team in that first round besides the Yankees, and especially if it's played at target field, you feel really good about yourself. You feel and great. You should. You, you, you should. This, this team is... I mean, that rotation sets up well. You know, Maeda, Barrios, Pineda, that sets up just fine. And, and let me tell you something else. In a seven-game series, I like the Twins over the Yankees. Because the Yankees... See, that's have, interesting. Yeah. They have major pitching depth issues. Jordan Montgomery uh, is their number three starter right now. It looks like his Paxton's out. Uh, Severino's out for the year. Um, I really like the Twins' depth over the Yankees in a seven-game series. I think I would pick the Twins in that series. In a five-game series, it's tougher. In a three-game series, uh-uh. No. No. That is not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup. And, and that... The lineup hasn't been healthy all year. We saw this is what happened last year with the Yankees. They were hurt all year, and they got all these guys back just in time for the playoffs. And they blew, they blew through the Twins pitching. Yeah. And I know the Twins pitching is better this year. They're, they're a better team this year. But um, why would you want to face the best team in the American League? You can, nobody, can, nobody can give me an argument that the Yankees aren't the best team right now in the American League. And so if, I'm with you. Absolutely. If that's the case, then it's just screw that they're the Yankees. Forget all that. You just don't want to play the best team in the American League in the first round when they have an ace starting game one of a three-game series. I, I, I'm just uh, – that I, I, I don't know what else I agree. To I don't want them either. So I'm done. Final thoughts from you? <laughs> Besides not, not wanting to play the Yankees, which I agree with you on completely. Um, final thoughts. So here's something really interesting that happened today that was kind of a low-key roster move. The Twins DFA'd Zach Littell. The reason that's interesting, and, and it's, it's a weird move, uh, in my opinion, because I would have DFA'd other relievers before him, but um, here's why it's interesting. There are now 30 ma- 39 guys on the 40-man roster, right? Mm-hmm. Now, people say that's just to open up a spot for Homer Bailey, who's due to come back off the 60-day IL. It's the 45-day IL this year. Sure. But you could just move Brent Rooker to the 45-day IL to create that roster spot. So that tells me that they're going to call up a, a prospect. They're going to call up someone who's not on the current 40-man roster. Because why else would you expose Littell to waivers and risk losing him? There's literally no upside to that. Uh, Which they didn't do. No, they, didn't. I, they, they, they did, did. They but, but then he, yeah, he, he didn't get cleared. He cleared. He cleared. Yeah. But yeah. that personally, I'm surprised that he cleared. You'd think a, a bad team would pick up Littell. COVID helps. Yes. But regardless, I mean, there's, yeah. there's just no upside to doing that there has to be a reason behind just activating Homer Bailey. Um, so I think it's either going to be Kirilov or Jordan Belazovic. Now, Jordan Belazovic was invited to St. Paul in early September. He is arguably the best pitching prospect in the organization, and he's not that far off. He ended the year in double-A. I think he pitched one double-A playoff game. He was going to be in double-A this year. If they saw something out of him, if they feel like he can contribute as a, a bullpen arm, Mm-hmm. that could be the move. So I just think 
this, there has to be some sort of corresponding move that's not just hmm. activating Homer Bailey. And I think it's either going to be Belzovic or, or Kirilov. I, I, otherwise, it just makes no sense. Why would you risk losing Littell? I mean, so it, it's basically the uh, bruised our Gratterall move of last year, then exactly. potentially. Exactly. Okay. I like that. That's yeah, good. Um, so, I, so I think that's, that's interesting. I think that's something to monitor. I like it. And I think the rule is that I know that there's a September 15th deadline, but I think the rule is you just have to be in the organization. Um, and you can replace an injured player so they can out, you know, you can always find an injured player, sure. you know, make something up. Um, so I think that's going to be something that's really, that's really going to be fun to monitor. All right. Good stuff. Uh, scoring our twin show. As always, we record these on Tuesdays and Thursdays with uh, Zolgad and Depew. We will uh, talk to you on Tuesday when we will be heading into the very much the home stretch of the twins regular season to be your best every day. You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.